All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Difficult Conversations by Supply the Why. I am Dean, and I'll be your conversational tour guide for the evening. Tonight, we got a really interesting show tonight. We have some people that are super smart, some people that think outside the box, and they are trying to uh, really bring people together by developing different ways of improving human interactions and just trying to further the betterment of, of mankind. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to bring on John Verdi, the founder of the Hey Blue Initiative and the co-founder of the Verdi Eco School. John, what's happening? Dean, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate this, man. It, it's it's it, the honor's mine. Um, uh, really quick. So John and I met a little while back. Uh, we found each other on LinkedIn, I believe, and he invited me to take part in his Hey Blue Initiative uh, on a show called 21 Questions, where I was, uh, I had 10 questions I had to ask, and then a teenager named Gerard, brilliant kid, got to ask me 10 questions as well, and then we ended on on the question, um, do you still have love for me, just like the uh, the popular song by, by 50 Cent. That's so, right. John, tell us a little bit about Hey Blue, tell us a little bit about the, uh, the Eco School. Oh, thank you so much. So um, anyone that wants to see that episode, by the way, you can go to YouTube and at It's Hey Blue and you'll see Dean and Gerard. It was and the show is called 21 Questions. Um, me, myself, I'm a retired police officer from New York City, 9-11 first responder. Um, and I've seen time and time again um, in my career um, how community engagement and partnerships really builds connection and also saves lives. Um, when I moved to this area that I'm in now in Melbourne, Florida, I created a school for children called the Verde Eco School, pre-K to high school model, where um, we focus on social emotional learning and really driving home what like community and the impact of the community and everybody's place in a, com in a community, right? And so there's obviously, there's the people in the community, there's the people that are the safe keepers of the community, right? Police officers, firemen, uh, EMT workers, frontline workers, but everybody has a role in the community. So in creating the school, we did stuff like creating community gardens and really like taking ownership of our community and the roles of everybody in that community. So John, really quick, let me jump in. In about 30 seconds or so, tell us what does a day at the Verde Eco School look like? Sure. So the children actually utilize the entire area as a campus. So the, the school is actually outdoors and they travel throughout the entire community. They learn about um, agriculture, growing their own food. They learn about social emotional learning, like conscious discipline. They also learn about um, having pride of their place so that they don't have to grow up here and then go somewhere else to solve some somewhere else's problems. They can learn about the problems in their area. And we also utilize uh, project-based learning. So every child utilizes a nine-week um, timeline to build out their whatever they're working on. So, and it's everything involves the community. Th that's amazing. And we're going to circle back to that social and emotional piece that you talked about earlier, because sure. I think it's going to tie in nicely to what we're talking about uh, tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. So from there, our second guest tonight is Erie Odia. So Erie is a founder of something called Sid. And this one is really going to, uh, you know what? I'm not going to say it. I'm going to let her go ahead and and and, and, des and describe this to everybody. Thank you for the warm welcome, dude. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your show and to offer the why behind our solution. Um, again, my name is Ari Odaya. Um, I am the founder of a Minneapolis-based startup called SID Technologies. That sounds that stands for Social Impact Identification, where we're developing a solution that, that acts as a preempt uh, early detection of behavior and early intervention solution for police chiefs. Um, after the global response to the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis, here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, there's no denying that there is racial and ethnic disparities in the outcomes of law enforcement um, interactions and um, police brutality of people of color continue to be at, um, at debate, the national uh, topic of debate. Um, 
my team and I would like to help the nation move beyond the debate um, to sustainable action. We want to build upon the studies and research um, um, on the influence of bias on the criminal justice system. Um, this research has there's plenty of research that have been done by uh, by professors, Stanford professor uh, uh, Jennifer Eberhardt, uh, for instance. Uh, we want to build upon the study um, of hers that evaluates over 100 million um, body cam footages um, from police department in California and shows racial disparities in the officer respect level. Um, this so, takes so, Erie, can I got to jump in on that? Yeah, so sure. you brought up, you said, oh, how how much? Footage? Over 100 million. 400 million different no, videos. Over 100. Million. Over 100 million different mm -hmm. videos. Mm -hmm. And through those videos, it was determined that there was racial racial disparities in each one of those videos. Yeah, yeah. They could even um, they could based on the language that the officer was using, they could predict who they were talking to, whether it was a person of color or a non-person of color, based on just purely the language. But just based purely on the language. Yeah. Okay. So That's here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna dive in here a mm -hmm. little bit. So. Um, obviously you both know what I do for my day job. You both know that I'm a police officer, uh, 17 years. Uh, I've certainly put in my time. I'm not close enough to walk away and do what John's done with, uh, sunny beaches and, and, and all that. But, uh, I'm certainly on the, on the back half of my career, but I have to say though things have changed and, and don't get me wrong, things have needed to change. I'm intrigued by how some of the things that you're working on can work in practical society. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go to John first. So John, tell us about what you're doing with Hey Blue Initiative, uh, how that how that works in society, and that and that and talk about the social and emotional piece that you're ingraining your kids with at the Verde Eco School. Yeah. So um, what we do, what Hey Blue did when we started Hey Blue was we started facilitating moments of meaningful connection between police officers and the community. Right now, the onus is on the police department to go out and build trust and accountability in the community but it's really not working, right? I mean, community policing um, has been something that, that has been um, in play for over 50 years now and look where we are, right? Like everybody's still kind of divided and, and, and clashing. So what we do, what, what Hey Blue does is we bring police and community members together. We facilitate that to have a positive, positive interactions and so that police officers can see members of the community and them working together to build connections. So one of the things that we did as an example is a story time, a very special story time, where we brought the police officers here in Melbourne, Florida, together with our local black student union at Florida Tech. And when we sat down and had these positive interactions and this special story time with pre-K kids in Title I schools, the actual effect was palpable, right? Like the police officers saw young men and women of color working with them to be able to build these connections. And the young men and women of color saw the police officers as, as, as men and women that were working together. We were all working together to help keep the children safe and to help build that connection. So we've done many other initiatives like um, the Hey Blue Plate Special where we brought uh, chefs in for um, a facilitated conversation about connection. And we also created something called Selfies for Change, which made it so that police officers can be in a community, have positive interactions in their community and see that having something so simple as a hello and a facilitated positive interaction can bring resonant change in their community to the point where we, we actually had four events, raised thousands of dollars for local families in need, had over a thousand positive interactions. These are all positives, 100% positives. So Dean, um, it has brought me to the Solve MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology mm. incubator, business incubator, where Massachusetts Institute of Technology paired with Stand Together Venture Labs because they want to be able to help support um, initiatives like the Hey Blue Initiative and like Sid Tech to be able to have a positive impact in the community to help support the community. So, so John, I'm going to have you table that. All right, because right. we're, we're, we're all right, and we're going to circle back to that as to yeah. how you and Erie are uh, we all connected? Okay, yeah, sure. So, so Erie, tell us a little bit about you. 
Um, so what you said, it sounded super technical. Um, <laughs> like we talked about backstage, um, uh, yeah. I'm fairly intelligent, but I'm definitely a guy like I'm a plain talk kind of guy. So talk to me in plain English, what exactly your app does and how it applies and why should, um, any executive at a police department, um, buy it or, or, or take part sure. in it. Sure. Um, so imagine if you've ever used Grammarly, imagine this would be the Grammarly of bias, right? So our technology would scan speech to text, text transcription from body cam footage. Um, then we would evaluate that language for implicit or explicit bias, bias in general, right? Um, and then trigger alerts to chiefs and make recommendations on next response, right? Based on um, the response. And we are looking to work with um, police officers and chiefs um, to determine what, what would you like to, um, let's say for instance, what are the kinds of behavior or things that may happen in the field that you as a police chief would wanna get an alert on? right? No matter what day, time, <laughs> night it is that you want to know about that your officers are on the field doing, what do you want to know about? And that's what, what the solution is, is really at the core. It allows, it allows heads of departments to be more proactive than reactive. It also allows, um, it also allows departments to aggregate um, insights that could be used to deploy targeted training for police officers. One of the things, as um, as John mentioned, in participating in the MIT Stand Together Incubator, um, it, it was a lot of learning for me, um, for someone that really truly believes in um, police reform and um, and really understanding the other side. I, it forced me to challenge myself um, in that viewpoint. Um, police officers. One, they're also human beings, right? Um, Thank you. Yes, we are. <laughs> when we went, and this is not to excuse any of the incidents that we've all witnessed on on, on video um, over the last decade, right? Um, but what we also don't understand is the limited um, the limited uh, uh, tools and training um, available to police officers, right? We have to enable police officers in a way to do their job. And we also have to recognize that police officers are not therapists, they're not social workers, they're not trained in that way, right? So from a police reform perspective, when we say police reform, and, and um, although the defund the police narrative has kind of uh, hijacked the the core of that that reform it's really to allocate some funds or provide funds for alternative responses um, that officers are not capable of responding they're not trained to respond to to mental health and and other uh, different situations so this is a our solution allows now, talk to me talk to me about how this could work for my like if I was looking to buy this little sum that up as to how, mm -hmm. how, how this would work for me so you would get an alert it would be a, a it would be an add-on to your body cam that where we are um where we're evaluating um that that footage right right now what's happening is uh the body cam records the footage the footage goes to the cloud it stays up there and cycles out right unless there's an incident um no one's ever really truly evaluating or a lot of that inside good or bad none of it is being used to improve upon um improve upon training improve upon awareness improve upon even community uh communication and transparency all right area i gotta jump in on that okay all right because that was a lot all right so i'm gonna start combing through some of that okay all right first and foremost what is the level because because every anytime you do something what is the the the, the amount of acceptable error that this app can make for example, well, what if I get? Hold, let me finish. What if I get an alert that one of that an officer? I work for the a ABC Police Department. I'm the chief of the ABC Police Department. I get a text at two thirty in the morning from your product mm -hmm. that one of my officers was speaking to somebody in a way that was what biased or racist. What are we look? What are we doing here? Well, yeah, or one or the other. Yep. We're assessing implicit biases, um, which scan the gambit. It could be racist. It could be sex, sexist. It could be an ableism. So, so I get this alert, mm. and I hear it. 
So now I'm wondering why I got woken up at 2.30 in the morning. I get the alert, and I hear it, and I'm like, the person doesn't seem offended. I don't necessarily think that this, the intent, because we have to measure the intent Mm -hmm. behind the words. Mm -hmm. It's not just the words. I mean, the obvious things, if you start calling people N-words and things like that, that's that's a ground ball. That's easy. Mm -hmm. Of course, like, that, I would want to be alerted about that Mm -hmm. all day long. Mm -hmm. But what if it's something, you know, that that's kind of like a beauties in the eye of the beholder type deal. Like maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you might be offended by it, mm-hmm. but the person that's being dealt with on the street isn't offended by it. I don't get a complaint from them. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. How, like how does, how does that work? It seems like this is all based on opinion. Um, Some of it is, is opinion and some of it is trend. Some of it is, is, really being educated on the history of bias and and especially racial bias and where it stems from and um the trends in terms of reporting cases the cases that are reported and the cases that are not reported um again there are there there are studies that we're building upon our technology on one of the one of the nope stay there stay there no no no, don't switch tracks go there no no i'm not switching tracks okay because i'm because i have something for you Right. And one of the, um, so for instance, if a person, uh, if a police officer is um, explicitly has a trend tendency to be explicitly uh, rude and disrespectful in speech and in tone, and you notice that there's a trend with that officer when it comes to people of color, versus non-people of color, is that something that you would like to know? And do you feel that the tone and approach of an officer can escalate a situation rather than de-escalate a situation? And is that something that you would want to be aware of if a officer has a tendency through speech of escalating an encounter? Yes, so yes and yes, but again, and you would, it, it's it's an alert for you, and you get to make the decision as the chief. This right. is an alert to you. So this is, so my point is this. So I get this alert at 2.30 in the morning, and though I don't want my officers to be rude to anybody, and we treat everybody, we want to treat everybody with respect and kindness, even when we have to make an arrest, you still want to treat people with respect. I don't necessarily need to be alerted about that at 2.30 in the morning either. And that's your choice. You know what I mean? So that's, 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 so that's. And, and the piece that I want to go back to, and I got to jump to the chat because the chat is, as I'm sure you can imagine, is lighting up right now, is um, you said you said opinion. And I think anytime you base something on opinion, and I need you to hear me on this, is we're talking about people's lives and people's livelihoods. And the way it works with investigations in the police world, and I want everybody out there to hear this, is when, pe- when police officers get put on administrative leave pending these investigations... There's a level of uncertainty. There is a level of angst. There was unbelievable stress. Most police officers, we, uh, you know, they count on overtime and details in order to make ends meet. I mean, none of us, none of us are getting rich to do this, doing this job. So all that gets put on pause while we're investigating something that you said is at least partially based on opinion. So I want well, you, I want you, you to just keep that in mind. Are you okay? Um, and maybe I should rephrase this, but. Um, Can I jump to the you, chat while you think of it? Go ahead. You, you mentioned that this is based, I mean, there are lives involved, and I agree with you. There are lives. What is the value of a life? Would you Would you rather wake up? Uh, would you rather get an alert at all, any time of the day of a possible bias that could potentially lead to a loss of life over time? Would you want to be aware of that? Or is it more important to focus on the time that it's going to take to investigate a situation? Like, I guess, what is the value that you want? Is, is it the officer? And it's up to you how you investigate, right? I guess this is the well, question. Well, Eri, 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 you just, you just asked, like five, you asked like five questions. So I have to address some of them, okay? okay. All right. So first of all, that's a big leap going from rudeness to loss of life because you brought up rudeness and loss of life in the same on the same line there. It's a big leap. All right. Anyway. So I just want to I'm gonna pause you there. I'm gonna jump to the chat. I'm gonna let you collect your thoughts a little bit. I'm gonna jump to the chat and and see what um 
what, what the people have to say here. So Mike says, John, I love what you're doing with the community, particularly with young people. What would you recommend for strained police departments in particular to staffing issues with proactive engagement with community? Oh, so where my, you at, John? Mike, great question, man. Thank you so much for asking it. And um, it leads me to the next part of the Hey Blue initiative. Um, you know, so what we're ultimately building is a way to um, incentivize the public to have positive interactions with police officers in their community. So how is that going to work? So people are actually going to uh, seek out police officers to have positive interactions. When they do, they're going to receive a reward point for their positive interaction. They can redeem those reward points for things that they need from Walmart, Target, or any other company that, has, that is participating in the Hey Blue initiative. But they can also use their points to redeem, to pay down their municipal penalties, like parking tickets and moving violations. Now, police officers, they get points too, but their points go directly to a child that they mentor in the community in which they serve. So that police officers, when, they, when they're out and about, they can have these positive interactions and those positive interactions actually build a greater impact in their community. So some anyone could walk up to a police officer that's on the Hey Blue initiative and have that positive interaction and they're helping to build that connection between the officer and their mentee. And the best part about it is all the money that's raised goes back to into the community through uh, connection activities or through, let's just say for argument's sake, like with Eri's talking about, where they identify certain trainings that they feel that police officers need. Well, um, but police departments are being defunded right now. So they don't have the money to start running around giving officers extra training. Well, Hey Blue would be the ones that would be able to send those officers for those trainings. So it is a tremendous full circle moment that that officers can do at details, at parades, at wherever else that they need to be when it's outside of the literal role of, of enforcement. All right. Outstanding. Very comprehensive answer there. So Dwayne says, the mental health industry has been and continues to be broken. The judicial system has been and continues to be broken. Yet society casts a net over law enforcement as the issue. How about comply first, complain later, just a thought. All right. So we go out to Jim. Jim says, context is everything. I have to believe that was uh, directed towards the exchange between Ari and I, whereas, you know, where opinion can be, um, though it can be a great thing. Like, for example, I like pepperoni on my pizza. That's my opinion. But, it, and it's in my preference, but it could also be um, a dangerous thing too when you're talking about um, people's lives and uh, the stain uh, the potential stain of being um, called racist or something like that, if in fact that wasn't your intention and the context was uh, taken a little bit off the tracks. And if I could say something. Please. Um, I think it's really important to address, um, I think I may have simplified this a bit much in terms of using opinion um, there, there, it's beyond opinion. There's been plenty of studies done proving that proving those disparities and certain behaviors and languages as fact. Um, I, I need to stress that it's not just an opinion. People have done and <laughs> studies. What much more qualified people have done studies on this? Okay. That may, um, okay. That's that's that makes me feel better. So we're gonna we're gonna walk back opinion and we're gonna say that it's more like okay. Yeah, it's, it's more it's, concrete it's, than that. It's, not, it's much more concrete than that. Um, and I wouldn't have done it justice if I had just labeled it as an opinion. Um, that's, that's fair. <laughs> um, I think that when we talk about um, about the the context of things, I think that it's also important to to address. It's a trend, and we're bringing awareness about a particular officer, individual officer trend in behavior that 
their chief may sh should and may want to be a aware of. Now, we're still in er early stages of development, and we're looking to working with police officers like um, our ex-police officers like John and Dimitri and, um, and yourself to inform when those situations are that a, that a chief would want to be alerted, right? Um, there's a lot that we still have to learn about the space, but one of the things that we can do right now with the technology is identify trends and behavior, right? And these trends and behavior are things that could prevent a department from going on into a consent and decree situation or mm. a, a DOJ investigation if a chief has an early indicator and they can address it without a DOJ investigation. Now right? we're talking. Now we're talking. Hold on. It's getting warm in here, Erie. All right? <laughs> getting warm. All right? So let me speak to that as uh, as somebody who, you know, again, um, like we when we spoke the other day, when we were preparing for the show, and then we spoke a little bit backstage, um, at the end of this, there is no doubt that you and I, just like John and I, we, we're going to stay connected. Absolutely. And one of the greatest things that I can do for you, and even some of the folks in the chat, they're already saying, hey, connect me with this person, that person, is all of your thought processes. Again, I'm going to go back to context. The context behind your thought processes and what you're working on is fantastic. Thank you. But the, the, where, where it could go awry is the application piece. And that's why you really need to loop in people that actually do this job mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. before you go live with any Absolutely. of this. We have and, not gone live yet. And when you were machine gunning questions at me earlier, one of the questions that I kind of picked out of there was, wouldn't you like to know when this happened or that happened? And the answer is yes, but. Okay. But I would also. Yes, I want all, 8 a.m. I, I want, <laughs> right, 8 a.m. But I want all the pieces to the puzzle before I start mm -hmm. making decisions. Mm -hmm. There can be no snap judgments. If you're an executive right. in a law enforcement Absolutely. job, you need all the pieces of the Absolutely. pie, just like if you're baking a cake. I can't bake a cake without flour. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like I need everything. I need flour. I need sugar. I need eggs. I need Absolutely. all that. And you got to have looking all that. To work with 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 police officers and heads of departments like yourself to determine what that would, what is valuable to you, and when is it valuable, and what in what format would it be helpful, right? So we are planning on launching a pilot or beta test. Um, um, a program in Q3 and Q4 of this year. And we are using these opportunities to reach out to police chiefs and police officers who would be interested in participating. Uh, we'd like your feedback. We'd like to develop the solution alongside with you. Okay, right? Q4 being fall and Q, I mean, Q4 yeah. being winter and Q3, Q3 being Q3. fall. No, Q3 being, um, yeah, uh, fall, yeah, fall and winter. Fall, okay, so for all of yeah. you out there that call it, you know, we go by seasons, you know, us blue-collar <laughs> folks, but, you know, so Q3 is fall oh, and Q4 right. is winter. Yes. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're going to, so Aerie, we're going to hit the chat again? Absolutely. All right, so Josh says compliance doesn't always lead to good outcomes. I want to get more data into the hands of those making decisions. You cannot make a change without good information. All right. Amen to that, Josh. You know, it's, it's right. again, I can't stress enough. Um, I know they're out there, but I can't imagine being the kind of executive or the kind of supervisor that goes to work just dying for the chance to jam up one of your people. Um, <laughs> but no. I, again, they, they, I'm sure they're out there. I, I, I just can't imagine. I can't right. imagine having that rule my world. So though we do have to do these investigations and they do have to be taken seriously, it's important, just as important that we exonerate good officers when they do the right thing as it is to identify officers that aren't doing the right thing that are tarnishing the badge. And I think so, it's also important to add that there's a certain level of awareness and education that needs to happen on the community side like John is, is working on. Right. Our solution offers the opportunity to also aggregate those data points because it's an interaction with the community. Right. What are things that that can, on the community side that could be um, improved as well? Right. And that goes to that part of that transparency that the community is looking for. Transparency offers the opportunity to educate. 
the opportunity to learn and we bridge that gap, right? So transparency isn't really an opportunity, shouldn't be looked at as an opportunity to like exonate somebody out and just be like, oh, you know, it should be used to bridge and communicate. I think part of the problem behind the whole issue of, of, of bias and racial bias is the lack of understanding. Right. We like to your point, we want to jump to a solution without really understanding what we're doing and understanding what we're solving. And what we want to do is solve a problem. We want to work alongside with those impacted. That's police officers, you know, and the community to solve this problem. We also plan on sitting with community advocates and say what kind of of. Um, what kind of data points would be good for you that 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 speak to the transparency that you're looking for that you want and can this work for you will this work for you and bridge that you know and that may be different for each community by the way so uh, yeah so so this is like you know what this looks like this looks like one of them subway maps ah. where you start with one track and next thing you know you're going all over the place but it works right it, 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 it but it works it makes for great conversation like we're having right. here but again Sometimes you got to pump your brakes and make sure that we're examining all of the possible uh, possibilities because the collateral damage here is real. So with that said, let me jump back to, to the chat. We got something here for John. John, great stuff. Oh. Dean, can you please connect John and I together? I am working on a community program right now that involves policing and the business community. Please so Demetrius, absolutely. absolutely. Um, Demetrius is a lot. You've seen a lot of our shows. So you know, at the end of the show, I always give everybody an opportunity to talk about how you can reach them, their social media. So I will absolutely do that at the end of the show. And Dimitri, since you're one of my guys, you know that I will I will make sure that you get a personal introduction because Dimitri is um is a fantastic fantastic um ambassador for his community and a, and a, just a great all around guy. All right. So from there we have uh, Lorenzo. He says it's great to hear all of this dialogue working together and making difference all toward the common goal of police reform. Amazing work. Thank you and keep it up. So John, Erie, take a bow because if wow. it's not you, if without folks like you um, coming together and, 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 and expressing different viewpoints and us talking it through together, uh, we wouldn't be able to change anything. We wouldn't be able to make anything better. So that, that my hat goes off to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. So this is my mother. Hello, Ma. Hello, Ma. Oh, what's up, Mama Jenkins? All right. So, uh, affectionately known to us as Ma with the Ma. Boston, the Boston accent. <laughs> so, she wants to know: Are there different degrees of seriousness in what issue, what issues on the app are to be reported? For example, what gets reported at what time, etc. So, if you could just briefly, in about sixty seconds or so, just kind of just sum that up, Erie. Um, absolutely. And this is something that, again, may be different for each uh, community and each department, right? So we would work alongside the department chief to provide when they would, when it, it's valuable to receive these alerts at what degree and then code them appropriately for that department. So again, that would be part of our, our development. Um, and Q3 would be, we want to work with police chiefs um, to determine that for each for each department that we work with. So it's customizable, is what it's you're saying. It's customizable, so, exactly. So the way I like to look at it, because here you can't see me, but I'm a big guy. And I love all-you-can-eat buffets. So it's kind of like going down the line of the all-you-can-eat buffets. I can right. grab crab rangoon. And exactly. I can go, oh, I, all right, ooh, chicken fingers. I like chicken exactly. fingers. I'll, you know, maybe a scoop of rice. No broccoli. You know what I mean? I can do I can do that. Whatever whatever fits my, my agency's reason. Exactly. Because some, some departments are bigger than others. Some um, serve service a rural area versus, you know, a, a big city. Um, so it's different what's going to be important, you know, for them to be alerted to. Hey, Dean, can I ask you a question? Please, go ahead. So when you're, you know, a police chief in, in any sized agency, where's, where's the fear in the collaboration, right? Like what? Yes, there's Here's a young lady that has put thousands of hours, her life on the line, money, everything, into trying to build something that is here to help the police department and the community. Why would a police department say no to that collaboration? So I have two answers for you. My the answer that you're probably that I know you set me up for because John, I know you're you're a chess player, so you think you're boxing me in, but you're not. 
All right. So, <laughs> I just found out. So, hold on. Don't, don't, John, let me answer. Let me, well, you asked me, let me answer. All right. So, I don't understand why anybody wouldn't collaborate with anything that's cutting edge. Clearly, I love this stuff. So, if you come to my shop and I have time, I'm going to say, sit down, let's chop it up. Let's see how I'm this coming. can work. But just be just be aware. I might tell you something you don't like. That's okay. And I don't want you stomping out of the room when I tell Absolutely you that the, that what you're saying isn't practical. But I'm also going to supply the why. I'm not yeah. just going to tell you it's not going to work and right. walk off. We're going right. to talk about it. We're going to talk about why it wouldn't work. Like I like Aerie, Like you and I did the first night we talked. Yeah. Remember we had yeah. the role play about the costume. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I learned a lot there. And, and that's and, but, what we're looking for. And, and so I don't understand why any police chief that had the time to do so wouldn't collaborate. But I, I but I can tell you the real reason, John, and, and this is, might be an unpopular answer, is that it seems like the higher up the ladder you go in any agency, but maybe, you know, I'm going to talk about law enforcement, the more people act as if they already know it all. And if it's not their way, it's not the way. And, and that is a very dangerous path to go down. Um, and, and, will, you, will you think that because you've ascended to some rank or some level that there's nothing more to be learned or there's nothing more that you can you can shift and balance what you do with? So the that's business, the answer that I think you were looking for. In the business startup community, they call that the do nothing. <laughs> yes. So just, just put that in context, right? So let me hit the chat a little bit because because uh, you guys are killing it. And if you're just tuning in, I'm here with John Verdi and I'm here with Erio Daya. And and I mean, this is just an amazing conversation. It's one that needs to happen in the age of police reform. Yeah. So um, one of my good friends and uh, a, a person that I turn to for advice, Ed Denmark, says language drives behavior and culture. So the information would be valuable from a macro perspective more than individual incidents. So I think you started going down that road a little yeah. bit, Erie, when you started talking about the, the amount of data that's been collected and has mm -hmm. been analyzed when you, right. when we kind of talked about the opinion piece and, mm -hmm. and threw that out. Mm -hmm. All right. So um, very well put Ed. So Dwayne's back. He says, why have the chief directly notified rather than the on duty shift commander slash supervisor? Correct. That's what sergeants uh, and in some cases, corporals are for depending on what kind of the department you're in collection of all the facts and circumstances, given the totality of the circumstances, so that in the event of the situation calls for the chief of police's attention, he or she will be well informed. So that just speaks to my point. You know, uh, I've always been, even as a patrolman, I wanted all the pieces there, but I definitely wanted it as a sergeant, and most definitely uh, in my in my current um my current role in my day job, I I want as many pieces of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. possible before I make a decision because there's so many uh, different variables at stake. Right. And I, I can give you a scenario. Please. A, a police chief that we were, um, that we actually learned this bit of information from. Um, when a, even when a, a, when an incident comes up where it's under investigation, the amount of files and information that a police chief would have to evaluate to even respond to that information is enormous, right? It's enormous, um, and they they probably better go through every single thing because if they miss anything, they're going to be called out for it, right? So this also helps them be on top of that and aggregates over time. You have a digestible digestible like um, behavioral analysis from uh, any given officer, right? Over time, if if anything comes up. Maybe it's, it's it's definitely something that's available, but the amount of time that it takes to evaluate that, we cut that down a bit for for police chiefs as well. All right, now again, now we're cooking. All right, that's something that I that you know that people can get behind. John, you seem like you want to jump in on this. Go ahead. No, I mean, look, there's a lot of positives that can come out of it, right? I mean, there's a lot of, but but there's so many layers to it. There's a lot yeah. of nuts and bolts that need to be identified and turned. You know, you, it's not like you'd say, this is not a plug and play type thing. No. This is a long-term build kind of how do we work together with police departments to be able to make this, um, bring this in and, and to have the right impact, right? Because that's what we want the right um, information coming out of it so that we can learn from it. Not something that's going to be used punitively, mm -hmm. right? It is something that we're gaining knowledge together to be able to work towards certain goals. So 
that that is um, you know, Eri's talking about quarter three, quarter four, but I think we're you know we're okay. going to take a couple of seasons. You know what yeah. I'm saying to be yeah. able to get this and yeah. people like yourself, Dean, and you know, and other police chiefs, other people that say, hey man, you know, Eri, I saw you on the show, absolutely amazing. I, I see what you're yes. talking about. Let me come in at this level so we can chip away at it this way. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, I would love that. We would appreciate that. We want to work with police departments. We want to work with heads of, of departments and municipals. We need to work with them to really, you know, again, I personally, as an entrepreneur, I'm new to the law enforcement uh, space, to the social justice space. I don't claim to be anything other than an uh, 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 American, an immigrant, a black woman. And that's all I claim to be. And I have lived experiences and I want to, to, to solve um, the issues that, that, that um, affect me and my family, right? I want to be able to move past a discussion about about police brutality, about social justice, and move into an actionary place where we can begin to take action to repair and heal and move forward. We need to evolve the system a bit, right? And, and, and we do, we do. And again, to that point, you know, what would you say? So we'll role play just a little bit here. So what would you say to the department that says, "Hey, listen, like we don't, we aren't getting." Um, these kind of these kind of reports, we have a great you know we have a great rapport with with the members of our community. Uh, we're not getting high levels of complaints about you know almost like a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, mm -hmm. what would you say to um, that chief? If they have no reports and they're doing excellent, that's not no reports, but I'm going to say low because there's nobody low doesn't have any reports. And their their officers and department have a great relationship with the community. That's awesome. That's insights that we can use to train other departments. And you said you didn't have any sales ability. <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! I'm going to hit the. You know what? I'm going to hit the chat now. All right, I'm going to go to John. John says the community must understand the police just as much as the police must understand the community. Walk in the other's shoes. Collaboration and working together is the key. Dean, can I Amen. jump on that too? Of course you can. Dean, so that's what that's what I'm talking about. Like when you talk about a full circle and everybody has their part in a community, right? Like it's about opening communication lines, coming together, and everybody working towards the same goal, right? And that same goal is we all work together to keep each other safe, right? I have a role in that sitting in my house right now, just being me, John, and being a dad and being a husband and walking outside just as much as a police officer does, just as much as a fireman does. Everybody has a role in their community. It is a circle. Absolutely. And when we all work together, then things happen and they happen fast mm -hmm. and information starts flowing fast. There's right? strength in number. That's right. So we have, unfortunately, there's a big breakdown right now, right? Big breakdown in communication. But you know what? The great part about that is, is that we can take a step forward. Look, man, I'm raising my hand. I'm taking a step forward. Eri's raising her hand. She's taking a step forward. You're raising your hand. You're taking a step forward. That's how it starts. Right. That's how something like this starts. Where now I say, you know what? I love where I'm from, whether it's a cul-de-sac in Melbourne or if it's Harlem, New York City, or if it's in the bricks in Boston, wherever it is, everybody has a role in that. And if we all work together, man, the sky's the limit. Absolutely. Man, think about love and it. now if you, if you think about Hey, the Hey Blue Initiative, right? And I, I don't want to Shanghai all the time. <laughs> let's, let's think about this. We're talking about positive interactions. We're talking about the, the positive effect that police officers have in the community. But one of the things we're also going to highlight is all of those men and women, Dean, that are going out there, being a part of their community, giving their time to their community to help their community. That needs to be highlighted too, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just John. It's not just Dean. It's everybody. And everybody has a positive place in that so that these young kids can see, hey, man, Dean was out there on a Sunday beautifying, you know, this particular area, blah, blah, blah. And, and over the past month, Dean has over a thousand, you know, or the past year he has over a thousand 
hours that he put in to beautify his area. Let's, how do we, then we show that to the kids say, hey man, if Dean can do it, if Eric could do it, if John can do it, we can do it. And yeah. that's, that's what Hey Blue is all about. I, I love it. I, I love it. So we're down, we're down to the last quarter of the show. Yeah, um, I think that Erie would call it Q4 of the show. Four. All right. <laughs> so what I'm going to ask for is if anybody out there has any direct questions to either John or Erie, now would be a great time. We'll a lot, maybe the last few minutes to do that. This is a lot of great stuff, a lot of heavy stuff that you're hitting us with. And, um, it, it just it's just amazing to be able to have these conversations and just again three people three very different points of views and the beautiful thing is the one thing it seems like we all kind of understand is that we all want the same thing but we also mm -hmm. all understand that there's different roads that can be taken to get there right right and, and that's and that's that's the beauty of, of what we're doing here go yeah. ahead john and i think it's also important to understand that everybody has their own truth in that right everybody has had their own pathway towards it and now their pathways are now Connecting, right? I can never, ever understand what Eri has gone through in her life. Just like I can never understand what you have gone through. Mm -hmm. But I can have a greater awareness, right, through conversation of your experiences. And then I can say to you, well, Dean, I hear what you're saying. How do we then change from towards more now towards solution-based thinking? We're part of this community together. So now how do we start developing and start coming together on these things. Mm -hmm. I understand you've had, you had, uh, could be a, an amazing time, a tumultuous time. I hear you. I, and now let's work together to build. Mm -hmm. and that's I, what we all need. I think that, Go ahead, Eric. I think that awareness leads to, that awareness leads to mindfulness, right? And being mindful leads to a change in behavior. Because if you're aware and you're mindful that this behavior could lead or this response could lead to this potentially, right? You'd be mindful in your approach. You'd be mindful. And that could, that in itself could save life. Mindfulness in itself could save life. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen this meme that goes around like kindness doesn't cost anything and you don't know what that person that you're speaking to may need that ounce of kindness in this moment, right? I mean, like, like being mindful that, that we're all human beings, we're not perfect. And that in our approach, in those interactions, that can make a difference. The way you approach that could mean the difference between life and death, really, on both sides. It, it could, sides. but I have to ask it, you. So, so you you went back to to life, like life and death, and saving lives. Mm -hmm. What specifically are you referring to when you say could save lives? Is are you talking about just in general, or are you pointing to something police related? Because I think in general and in police interaction, it can be very terrifying for the public in general, and even more so terrifying for a person of color, just historically what has happened and what we've seen over the last decade, right? So being mindful in your approach could could shed a bit of, um, could, could de-escalate or calm someone, mm -hmm. right? So there was a... And, and I've talked to plenty of officers that just can't wrap their head around why and how the the, the officers here in Minneapolis, um, um, the outcome around that and their approach to George Floyd. Um, and every officer I've ever talked to is like, that doesn't even make sense. They, you know, went against like, you know, code of conduct, protocols, everything. Where it was just not aligned, but this is it what was awful. It was I'm gonna I'm gonna call it. It was it was it was awful. It was disgusting. It was despicable. Pick a yeah, word. But, but we've seen these interactions on video with police officers on many occasions outside of George Floyd. It's not the first time, right? Whoa, but, whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Well, let me, let me no, Ari, 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 Ari! I gotta jump in. You can't say a word like many on this show no. okay. and not have examples. Okay. All right. Um, words, so, words, words so, matter here. Context George, matters. Okay. So like, that was an outlier situation. That's not okay. happening regularly. Let me, let me intersect another uh, situation. There was an officer with a Lieutenant down in Florida who was maced um, uh, by officer, uh, by officer. And um, what was said in that interaction when the Lieutenant um, asked uh, what is going on? Can you tell me why I'm stopping? 
uh, what's happening. And the police officer's response was, you're about to light, ride the lightning. <laughs> you know, yep, that, that is, means be tased. You're about to get tased. You're about to be tased. You're about to be, you know, killed. You're, you're about to, whatever the case is, it wasn't a DS. It wasn't a language to de-escalate a situation. It, it, it escalated the situation. Although the, the Lieutenant complied at the end, it was still a tragic upsetting situation. In the uh, 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 she's talking about an army lieutenant, aren't you? The army lieutenant, yeah. It's an okay. army lieutenant that had. And I'm sorry, I can't. I don't. So, so, it. so again. Well, that was a, just an example. So, um. And that didn't end end in anyone dying, but it was a scenario that could have, if if that was another person, um, I imagine that would have ended tragically. That that see and, and again see and 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 that eerie is what gets people maybe like hearing that might make people a little standoffish about wanting wow. to collaborate because that's a big leap. You took a circumstance where nobody got killed no and you said if it was somebody but else, they, they, it would have resulted in you, death. Like that's dangerous. Let me, let me, I didn't say it would result in death, but what we've seen over and over, what I'm saying, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Public, I thought I heard you say that you thought somebody could have been killed. If it was somebody has else. seen what the public has seen over the last decade are instances like that. So the public, from a public perspective, when I talk about a, when I talk about our approach, understanding that this person may be terrified and the way we, the, the approach may, escalate a situation rather than de-escalate. That was an example that I was giving, right? And the example that the public has seen, one of the things that challenged me in the MIT SOLVE program and in some of the, the conversations I've had with judges as well as police officers is the other aspect, right? Where a police officer is approaching with all the respect in the world and the situation still goes left and a police officer gets killed right? There sure. is a certain level of awareness and understanding that we need on both sides, right? My understanding came in, in being open to the other side. If I had a child and they are, and they wanted to be a police officer, I want, I don't want to tell, I don't want to say discourage them from being anything that they don't want, they want to be, right? And in the same instance, I don't want my child to ever be in a situation like that where they get their, you know, <laughs> where they're doing their job and, and, you know, they get killed in the situation. There's that aspect where a police officer, there's just bad people in the world, you know, and I can't tell, and, and, and this is very hard for me because I had to challenge myself to really watch these videos of, of situations that went far left and the officer did nothing wrong with all the respectful and kind and, and all of that in the world. And there are people that are shooting through their 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 baby car seats, okay? And mm -hmm. and you're just like, are you serious? Like it didn't have to get there. You took it from zero to one hundred in no time. And that's also a side that many of the people, many, much so, of the community. Area, I got to jump in. So please try to wrap this. Put put a point on yeah. this, and I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna jump until I get John involved there. So what were you saying in like fifteen seconds? What were you getting new? Area. Oh, I thought. Nope, I said, like, I'm just, just to... stop bringing it home. Okay. My point is that there's a certain level of awareness and understanding that needs to happen on both sides. And at the end of the day, our solution is um, an early uh, uh, intervention solution for police chiefs. And it also allows um, some education from a police officer perspective and or from a, a community perspective as well. All right. Understood. So uh, got a couple comments here. John says, Josh says, I disagree. You can give a dozen instances of police officers overstepping appropriate use of force. Uh, many of many is an appropriate term, but asking for an example isn't unreasonable. I think it's important to acknowledge that police officers are and should be held to higher standards. Multiple instances over multiple years would generally constitute many, not most, but yes, Many. All right. So that was a mouthful. But um, but yeah, Josh, I um first of all, welcome. I, I don't recognize your name, you're new here. But typically, um, what we do here is if you start bringing up examples that lead towards statistics, I am absolutely gonna ask you to provide uh some statistics and uh put put, put some context on that, which I don't think uh is unreasonable at all. If you introduce statistics, you should be prepared to uh to 
um, talk about those statistics and, and be, you know, be challenged right, a little right. bit on it. Yeah. All right. So, so Pat put the link to that, to that, um, to that event that you were talking about with the, the army Lieutenant. And again, I saw the video definitely don't condone it. Wouldn't teach it. Person should have probably been disciplined, but it didn't result in death. And that's what I was talking about. It wasn't something that led to the death of somebody. Right. right? It wasn't Secondly, when we talk about de-escalation, de-escalation, it's important that people understand it's a two person dance. Like I could be the, I could have a golden ton. It won't matter if, if the other person has made up their mind, they are not going to de-escalate no matter what I say to them. My hands are kind of tied at that point. So um, let me get John in, involved here. So John, we're down to about four minutes left in the show. What's important to you? What are you working on? And how can people follow you? How can people reach you? Well, I think there's certain things that, that your viewership needs to understand when it comes to policing. And that it seems like policing is changing, right? It's going from uh, the warrior mindset, the guardian mindset, to now of a servant leadership mindset. And um, it, you have one of the people on, uh, Mr. Dean Crisp, right? Yep. Who extremely respected in the field of, of leadership and police um, and, and talking to police exec executives. And you see that if you looked on his latest offerings, what's coming up next is servant leadership because the community is asking for the role of a police officer to change. So we, uh, the Hey Blue Initiative, we want to help facilitate the greater connections, right? We want to facilitate mentorship. We want to facilitate police officers being seen as, as people that have a ton of resources to help their community and that they're directly linked to, to, to the to mentees in their community. So, um, how can people help with that? Follow Hey Blue, right? So it's verdeecoschool.org slash Hey Blue um, because we are, um, Verde Eco School is a 501c3 not-for-profit and um, the Verde, that Hey Blue is an initiative of the school. Um, and also on any of our social media, it's at It's Hey Blue and that's Facebook, uh, Instagram, whatever it is. But also, if you don't mind, um, yeah. Lastly, it's so simple, man. It really is. It's called hello. You want to help? Five letters, one word. Say hello. You know, when I first became a police officer, my old man, he was one of the highest decorated police officers in the, in the NYPD. I became a police officer on the NYPD in 1997. Uh, the day before I walked on, I said to him, Dad, I, what advice you have? He literally said to me, whether it's a community member or a police officer, make sure you say hello to everybody. Because you know why? Advice. It's going to save a life. It could be your life. It could be a community member's life. It could be your partner's life. I promise you it's going to save a life. And that's why I'm here. Go out there, say hello to a police officer. Just hello. You don't have to thank them. Just say hello. And I appreciate you, Dean, for having me on. I look forward to having more conversations like this. Maybe you would you you'd have me back on, and we could talk another some more. But at the end of the day, I am extremely appreciative of you and all of the men and women across the United States that are working so hard mm -hmm. to have these conversations and build connection. And the very last thing I like to say is. My thoughts, really quick, John. Ten seconds. I got to get area. My thoughts, my thoughts and prayers are to the two officers that passed away in the NYPD. Amen. Thank you, John. Mm -hmm. And um, and yeah, you know they 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 paid the ultimate sacrifice for all of us to be able to uh to do what we do. So definitely, Ari. So I'm going to go to you, Ari. I got I got to give you about forty. For, can you do it in about forty five seconds about how yeah. people can reach you and go? So um, go ahead. We're looking to work together with, with heads of department and the community. Um, if you're in this space, please reach out to us on LinkedIn. Um, and that is SID, S-I-I-D. I think Dan is going to uh, share the link with you all. Um, and you can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. Dan, uh, Dan will, will share that as well. You can Pop call me Dean. Up. We're old friends. We've known each other for a couple of days now. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you can, he'll be sharing that with, with you as well. So um, 
we are in the early stages and we're just looking to build this with um, the community and um, departments as well. Oh, Erie, John, you, you guys, you're amazing. Thank you so much for, for coming on and having this conversation. Thank Erie, you. I met what I said that first time we talked. We're going to be friends. We're going to stay in touch. Yeah. And uh, I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you learn. And if I can provide any, any guidance, or, or help you avoid any tripwires, I'll certainly do that. So, <laughs> okay, folks, that's going to do it here on, on Difficult Conversations by Supply the Why. Please like, please share, please follow these conversations. It's so important. And, of course, make sure you to, you to check us out on all your favorite podcast channels if you, can't, if you can't find the time to actually sit and watch the shows. So that's going to do it. Thank you, John. Thank you, Thank you, Thank you. Thank you John. And, as, and as always, hashtag Supply the Why. Good night, everybody. Yes.